This afternoon, congregation, we confess the second commandment found in Lord's Day 35 of the Heidelberg Catechism. I'll read the commandment first of all. And the commandment, the second commandment is as follows. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. And then we confess concerning that in Lord's Day 35. What does God require in the second commandment? We are not to make an image of God in any way, nor to worship him in any other manner than he has commanded in his word. May we then not make any image at all. God cannot and may not be visibly portrayed in any way. Creatures may be portrayed, but God forbids us to have or make any images of them in order to worship them or to serve God through them. But may images not be tolerated in the churches as books for the laity. No, for we should not be wiser than God. He wants his people to be taught not by means of dumb images, but by the living preaching of his word. We'll read also in connection with that um, article seven of the Belgic Confession, Article 7, that's on page 501 of the Book of Praise. And there we confess Article 7, the sufficiency of Holy Scripture. We believe that this Holy Scripture fully contains the will of God and that all that man must believe in order to be saved is sufficiently taught therein. The whole manner of worship which God requires of us is written in it at length. It is therefore unlawful for anyone, even for an apostle, to teach otherwise than we are now taught in Holy Scripture. Yes, even if it be an angel from heaven, as the Apostle Paul says, since it is forbidden to add or to take away anything from the word of God, it is evident that the doctrine thereof is most perfect and complete in all respects. We may not consider any writings of men, however holy these men may have been, of equal value with the divine scriptures, nor ought we to consider custom or the great multitude or antiquity or succession of times and persons or councils, decrees or statutes as of equal value with the truth of God, since the truth is above all. For all men are of themselves liars and are lighter than a breath. We therefore reject with all our heart Whatever does not agree with this infallible rule, as the apostles have taught us, test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Likewise, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. So far, our confessions. Beloved in the Lord, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, We live in what has sometimes been referred to as the digital age. World of cable and internet TV, computers, tablets, smartphones, or iPhones, and so on. We're all connected 
to the world and we're all connected to each other via that digital means. And we can be digitally entertained wherever we are. And it's no use for us as Christians to pretend that that digital world doesn't exist and doesn't affect us in probably a lot more ways than, than we realize. One of the biggest effects that that whole digital world has on us is that we've more and become more and more uh, also visually oriented. We want to see things. You can send photos or videos instantly via email, Instagram, posting on Facebook, and I think most of us have watched videos on YouTube. We don't like reading long epistles or hearing long speeches, but we want just short sound bites and then with uh, pictures with it or a short movie with it. Otherwise, we'll get bored. Well, it's in this kind of an environment that we deal this afternoon with the second commandment of God's holy law, that law of liberation from the slavery of sin and Satan, that law in which the Lord wants us to make, commands us to make no graven images of him. This commandment, though, seems a little bit out of, out of touch with our day and age then, Right? Because it's exactly in this commandment that the Lord God emphasizes he has made himself and his glory known to this world and to us not visibly but audibly only. However, there's nothing new under the sun. Because don't forget that the Lord God gave the second commandment in a world in which people were also visually oriented. Many people couldn't read as such. People in general wanted to see their gods, to worship visible gods, man-made images of their gods. Well, says the Lord God then, you shall not make for yourself a graven image, a man-made image of me the God who freed you from the land of bondage. Also, no images of me represented by creatures in heaven or on earth or in the water under the earth in order to worship me by means of those images, those visible representations. Israel was to distinguish itself from the other nations in how they worshipped God. Those other nations with their idols of their God, which they themselves had made and they could take with them in order to have their gods with them as they believed and as they wanted. No, Israel was not to have a God that they could take along with them to worship whenever and however they wanted, but they were to worship and serve the one true God as he told them to do that in his word. The Lord God can't be captured in a static image, representation. But he is the living God who speaks to people always and everywhere in his word. Who cannot be fully known, but who can be known to a degree and an increasing degree 
the more you know his word. He wants people to know him and worship him according to his word. And we read part of Deuteronomy 4 where Moses reminds the Israelites exactly about this commandment too. And he says in verse 15 and following of Deuteronomy 4, he says, Take careful heed to yourselves, for you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire, lest you act corruptly and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on earth, any winged bird that flies in the air, anything that creeps on the ground, or the likeness of any fish that is in the water beneath the earth. And to show that this is not just then a commandment for ancient times, but also for today, for our digital age, we read part of Romans 1. The Apostle Paul writes there that because people have become foolish and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image made like corruptible man, God will give them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves with unnatural desires. And just after that section we read, we know that that is a desire, men and women lusting after those of their own sex. He gives them over to that. The thing is that God emphasizes that he only wants to be worshipped and served according to his word in whatever age and time we may live. Also in today's world in which visual technology has such great impact. And that's what the sermon about the second commandment is about this afternoon. I want to focus on that and I proclaim to you the gospel as we confess that in this Lord's Day with this theme, worship the Lord according to his word. Two things then, in the world we live in today and secondly with an eye to the future. First, worship the Lord according to his word in the world we live in today. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, the Lord God who has graciously delivered us from the slavery of sin and death in his son asks us, asks of us that we take the time to listen to him, to what he has to say in his word. Not to imagine, to dream uh, what he may be like, it's, but to listen to him. It's not for nothing that he set aside one day in each week as the day of rest so that we can concentrate on what he has to say to us in his word and to be taught and guided by him. It's not easy for us to do that in this day and age and will probably become even less easy in the future because we've become used to doing things quickly Focusing our attention on something just for a short time. We have short attention spans today. We like short sound bites. We don't take well to deep thinking about things. If it's not going to have a, an impact on us right away. We want things to be directly relevant to us now. Or we're going to lose interest pretty quickly. You see that 
That, that's the philosophy of, for instance, that's the philosophy of television. There are three rules, television programmers, three general rules that they use to attract viewers to their programs. First, their programs should not require prior knowledge. Secondly, their programs shouldn't be difficult to follow. And thirdly, their programs should avoid complicated explanations. And that's how they try to capture today's audiences. And you see the influence of that on worship in a lot of churches today. Church services have to be so accessible that the minister of the word has to assume that his audience has little or no prior knowledge of the gospel. And it has to be immediately relevant to the hearers because what's the use of hearing things that are of no practical use to you? And that means, too, that the proclamation needs to be as light and to the point as possible. Not going deeper and seeing the spiritual battle behind everything is not appreciated. And it should be short so that the rest of the worship service can be used for praise, songs accompanied by band and personal testimonies and so on. Congregation, contemporary culture has very much influenced had been very much influenced by what people uh, watch in movies and on television. If people see enough movies and programs which push the envelope as far as morals and values are concerned, at the same time making fun of the old Christian-based norms, they eventually change how they view things too. That's how the changes with respect to the morals surrounding sexuality, abortion, euthanasia, and a lot of other issues have come about. It's being pushed. There are no more eternal truths and norms, but what people feel and like has to become the norm, has become the norm. And that's how the taboos of the past have over time become things which are now valued. I don't say that everything in the past was good and right, But what has now come about is a steady overturning of what was considered wrong and sinful and shown to be destructive for society in the past. In congregation, there's also a modern uh, emphasis on entertainment, pleasure, amusement. We want to be entertained. Awful things become easy to watch if they're made funny and with a beer in hand or a wine. And organizations raising money for good causes like hospitals can tempt people to give their money by making a lottery out of it. And if we're not entertained enough, if we get bored, there are hundreds and hundreds of channels on TV you can click on. You can automatically record a program even you missed so you can catch it later. So much to choose from Whatever you want to watch. Well, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, these things all have an impact on our knowledge of God and our listening to his word and our hearing the preaching of his word. You see how answer 98 of Lord's Day 35 emphasizes that preaching of the word. God wants his people to be taught not by means of dumb images, but by the living preaching of his word. The living preaching of his word. 
The Lord God can't be represented by a static image. But we hear him speak when we open his word. He speaks to the hearts of his people through the proclamation of that word. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing those whom he sends to preach. But then we need to hear. And then we need to listen. To let ourselves be instructed and guided by the word. And that doesn't take place by just quickly hearing something about him. But paying close attention to him as he speaks in his word. Wanting to know him more and more. In other words, not just clicking on his word when we feel we need him or when the worship service might interest us. No, if we really want to know our gracious God in Christ, then the preaching of his word is the only program that we want to focus on each Sunday. Wouldn't, it be that, wouldn't that be the case? Then you simply have to be where God's word is faithfully preached in order to hear what he says to you and to the others out there in his word. And that requires, by the way, that requires diligence on our part. You need to be under the preaching every Sunday, if at all possible, to hear new and old treasures being brought out of the holy word, that living word, that word that applies to every age and time and Every kind of personality. It's actually a matter of life and death to have the Spirit work faith in Christ in your heart through the living preaching of His Word. Think of that passage, Hebrews 10. We referred to it in the past too, which has been referred to here. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Does that ring true to you, brothers and sisters, boys and girls? Or do you see this... You see it as just another opinion among others. The danger is that when we hear things we don't like, that we just kind of ignore them. Let them pass by. Let them pass through in one ear and out the other. We're used to doing that in this digital age too. When we see and hear so much on television and internet and so on, then we ignore things that we don't like. You passively hear and see so much And before you realize it, you apply that also to the preaching of the word. You just pay attention to what you like. And you know what that makes of you? Then you become your own God. You sit on the throne of your own life and you decide what is good and what is evil for yourself. And you filter out what doesn't fit with your idea of who God is and what he does. And you form your own image of him in your mind, of who he is and what his will is. And you make Jesus Christ into who you want him to be instead of letting him instruct you in who he really is in the gospel. So it's important, congregation, that we concentrate on the word, on what the Lord says about himself and his way and his will from his word. It's important that we take the time to listen and meditate and also talk at home about what we hear from the word. It shouldn't be that our families, that in our families we give the impression that we see the worship service in church as a kind of a compulsory ritual for church membership 
got to go. But then we go home and go over to the order of the day again. And what happens then is that we let the living voice of God, which came to us in worship, get lost again. And we don't keep the biblical image of who God is and who His Son is in our minds and hearts anymore. Then we give the next generation the idea, too, that the opening of the Word is something you need to hear as church members, but which isn't that important or relevant for your daily life. And then it's no wonder either that we in the next generation find the worship services boring. No, the Holy Spirit shows us in the second commandment that the Lord God is truly above all things. And that, he, that what he did and what he still does that is awesome. And that in Christ he certainly deserves our undivided attention. Namely, a heart that listens for his voice and wants to know him more and more and wants to live for him. A heart that looks to Jesus Christ as the only Savior from sin and curse and which seeks life with God through him also for the future. And that brings us, by the way, to the second part of the sermon this afternoon. Worship the Lord according to his word also with an eye to the, to the future. A lot of people in our society today, beloved, have lost God and have no image of God in their heart or mind anymore. They live without God in their li- life and unfortunately, therefore, also, they live godlessly. If you ask them, you know, who is God for you? They kind of shrug their shoulders and whoever you want to make of him or if he exists at all. They don't want to think about God. So many of them, if you ask who Jesus Christ is, I'm afraid a lot of them don't even know him except from the misuse of his name as a swear word. The gods of today have become, for a lot of people, sadly, the heroes of some kind of sport or the Hollywood personalities, the reality stars or the stars of the popular music industry their lives are portrayed and discussed and analyzed as the big news of the day this happened to the Kardashians today they become idols and all too many people spend a lot of time and energy following their every move what they wear who they marry who they divorce and so on You see, when God and Christ no longer occupies the rooms of your life, you're going to fill them with other things. And then those personalities and stars can become idols who mean a lot to you, who give your life meaning and direction, who you can emulate in your own life. But the big problem with those idols is that they're powerless over against death. They're not going to save anybody from the punishment of sin and hell and death. As we sang with Psalm 146, stanza 2, put no trust in prince or ruler. In a man, however wise, in him is no strength or power. When his breath departs, he dies. And all his plans that very day end when he returns to clay. 
And see, congregation, that brings us to that second part of the, the second commandment. The Lord isn't saying that in that second part that he's a jealous God and will visit the iniquities of the children upon their the fathers. He isn't saying that he's going to punish the children for the sins of their fathers. No, he shows there that if parents or older generation, the older generation give a, a poor example to the next generation, then there's every possibility that the next generation will go even farther in that. And this means positively we're called to give good example in worship and in serving God for the sake of the following generations here. We need to show our young people how good it is to know and serve and worship the Lord God according to his word. And at the same time show how futile it is to live without that word. Just live for yourself, for your money, success. Because that kind of life eventually leads to a miserable dead end. You can't buy salvation and eternal life with money or beauty or success. No. Jesus is the only door to life with God. And you only have real life if you have him as your treasure. You only have a real future if the most important thing in your life is now is to to listen to the voice of the triune God. And then you see how Christ gave his blood to open the way for you to God the Father. And then you see how he renews your heart with his spirit so that you want to be student of his gospel and that you, you love him. And if you love him, you want to hear his word more all the time. And congregation, then you also learn that the world and its economy or environment or politics isn't ultimately what's decisive for the future. But who the Lord is and what he teaches us in his word. And if you embrace him through that word, then you have a wonderful future. Then you have hope for the future. Because the Lord God never dies. He's the source of life. And whoever knows him in his or her heart is truly blessed and at peace. Think again of that psalm I mentioned before. Psalm 146 this time. That last stanza we just sang. Blessed is he who has his helper. Jacob's God and hopes in him. He made heaven, earth, and ocean shaping all things found in them. In his faithfulness, the Lord will forever keep his word. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the second commandment to impress on our minds and on our hearts the need to worship you only according to your word, not according to our own fancy or uh, our own ideas or concepts, but according to your word. And then not to let ourselves be led by, by static idols or images as so much of the world today, but to be led by the living preaching of the gospel. Let your spirit keep us from placing our trust in man-made ideas about you, but help us to place our trust only in you as you made yourself known 
to us in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in, in him too, Father, give us confidence for the future. We pray in his name. Amen.